Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What's up, bro? Oh, not too much, Bradley underscore MTG. I'm just, uh, <laughs> you know, living it up, looking at some new cards today, having a having a nice Wednesday. Yeah, we had many announcements, and we'll be doing a lot of them uh, this week. But first, I'd like to let everyone know that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Oh, and we're we, still in aisle seven of your lo- local grocery store, right? Or no, did we? No, did no, we, they, 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 they we, took us out. No, they Ah, uh, okay, okay. They, they, they removed us for the reason I got the email was um, no one was buying it. Oh, okay. I, I thought we were going to move up to like aisle two or something like that, but they just no. straight up canceled us. Okay, good to know. Yes. All right. And also the Bachelor's Podcast always has a very special guest. And <laughs> with the, I'm excited about this one. I'm very excited because. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Uh, you know, they had the big announcement this week. There's a ton of stuff, not just about um, Zendikar Rising, but a bunch of other things, including Modern Horizons 2. And Ooh. so we actually brought in you know, uh, uh, the person solely responsible for the design of Modern Horizon 2. And that wow. is Mr. Brian Brown doing BBD. How's it going? Mr. Responsible for Modern Horizons 2. Ooh, that's a, that's a large responsibility on my shoulders, but I can tell you that I'm up for the task and I am doing wonderful today. You know, I've always been a long time lover of the modern format. And yes. I just want to say... Not, not not really no but just modern but i just want to say um that if you're if you're somebody like me and you love modern uh you have you have one year to play the format oh <laughs> my god uh, you should brian, play it within the next year brian it modern is, is my favorite format are you really breaking it again uh yeah you're a monster yeah. uh, you're, yeah. oh, you're an and, absolute and, monster and yeah. and uh that that's actually one of our topics today so what we're going to be talking about today is um brian and i actually we did uh earlier this year it feels like years ago but <laughs> earlier this year we did a month um contract work for wizards of the coast we consulted with them for a month but we couldn't speak of what uh that was because it was Modern Horizons 2, and now that that's kind of, hmm, you know. Interesting, Bradley. Yeah. Uh, that's about the time COVID was popping up. Uh, are you sure you just weren't involved with that, or? Well, I don't, I, I don't know if we need to pull our tinfoil hats out, but that is part of the story, which we'll get into. <laughs> okay. Because uh, that was coming out, you know, at the at the end of that. But we're going to be talking about that this this episode. We'll also, okay. uh, we have a bunch of um previews that we've hand selected that we want to talk about from Zedek Horizon. And I actually have two exclusive previews that Wizards uh, gifted me for free oh. um, to, to give out. And I'm going to give them out on the Bachelor's podcast. That'll be at the way end of the show. And uh, I'll let you know, they are format defining. I they they did, they put all the stuffs out for Brad Nelson this year with the previews. And uh, wow. I was like, hey, Nate. Give me something good. If you want me to do a preview, I only get the best cards. And he's like, done. And I got two of the best format-defining, unbelievable magic cards ever. Jeez. We'll be be announcing at the end of this episode. They really favor you. Brad has not shown me or Brian these cards yet, and it's uh, quite annoying, I must say. What format, Brad? (laughs) Oh, all of the formats. It'll define every format in magic. Okay. 
Really oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah, they're they're not uncommons. Um, so banned in Innistrad block constructed. Got it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They, uh, <laughs> where no ban has ever gone before. Yeah, these aren't just you know replacement effect uncommons. No, no, these are format defining magic cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but before okay. we get into all of that, I do want to go over a few of the uh, past results winners. This past weekend, there was the Mythic Society fifteen hundred dollar historic. Uh, monthly tournament from them and uh, Caroline Kavanaugh won it with Mono Black Gift, a strategy popping up in Historic that plays around uh, God's Fair Gift and Gift of the <laughs> Afterlife. I think Gate of the Afterlife. Gate of the Afterlife. Yeah. What do you think of this deck, bro? Because I, I I loaded it up on Arena and played a couple matches with it, and I I don't know. I don't know. I think that it does some really cool things, but I'm not sold on the gate stuff just yet. It yeah. still has problems with Graveyard Hay, but it can't, it still plays a pretty decent fair game. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what it can lean on if you have to bring in Graveyard Hay and they can actually take some of the gate stuff out and just play this zombie fair game. It's still not a bad deck. Um, True. And I did learn something very valuable with that deck. I'm like, wow, we only played two God's Pharaoh's gifts. So like if one gets Thoughtseized or whatever, you know, you could be in a lot of trouble. But I learned you can bring it back from the graveyard, which uh, won me a match. (laughs) Yeah, I I also learned that in 2018. (laughs) Yeah, same. Hey, well, you noobs were playing that gate card. I was just refurbishing back these uh, God Pharaoh's gifts back in my day. Yeah. Thank you very much. Brad, I, you're intimately familiar with the gruesome Encore joke, are you not? <laughs> so yes. am I, so yeah. am I. I was so in this. Yeah. Every time a God Pharaoh's Gift deck wins a tournament, I feel compelled to say, it's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> wow. And then... <laughs> It just, I keep making that same joke, and then that <laughs> joke becomes the gift that keeps giving. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know the gruesome encore no, story. No, no, we're not no, going to do it. No, we're not no, going to no, do no, it. No, no, no. Oh, what? It's we so good. This is too you big can, of an episode. We don't have time. I mean, can, it is literally can, the shortest story. I don't know what long on, story you all are thinking it's about. It's not a short story. It's it takes not a, forever, and you're outnumbered two to one. It's a short story the same way the Bible's a short story all right so i would say uh i would say you can google it though because lsv wrote an article about the yes, whole thing yes. so you can wow. google it i'm sure you would find the story if you're interested story, yeah all right Fine. so next, Fine. next up we've got the mtga zone open number 15 won by volmi uh with simic ramp now this is mostly a mono green strategy uh but they went 10-0 in the tournament um, this is starting to pick up a little popularity. It's just a super ramp into Nissa Ugin crisis. Um, and, uh, it, it, it's really good at going over the top of the Soltai band blue whites because of Ulamog yeah. and crisis. But outside of that, I think the deck was very good, well positioned this past weekend because Soltai ramp was the by far <laughs> biggest deck. Um, I don't know if it's going to continue. And uh, the last tournament that we have for past yeah, results. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that uh did well with blue and greed cards ramping into big stuff. That's really new territory for uh, Historic, I feel. Well, if you want to hear about new territory and standard with blue and green cards ramping into big stuff, uh, we have the Lotus Esports Standard Open from this past weekend, won by Alexander Lund. I, I like that last name. I don't know why. It, 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 it reminds me of something amazing. Um like shunned. Shun. It might be shunned. Um, okay, okay, okay. Save that story for another podcast, though. It's too long. Thank you. What? <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, 
they they took down that tournament with Soltai Ramp, a very new, impressive, <laughs> uh, last minute creation for Standard. Very amazing. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, There's still Standard events. Yeah, of course, there's still people playing standard, and there'll be people playing standard next week when the sets reset or whatever, you know, in two weeks. Well, well yeah, duh. Yeah. That standard's um, going to be great, but... <laughs> yeah, but so so those are our past results. Congratulations to everyone that won tournaments. We'll talk about a few tournaments if you're interested in playing. Uh, that'll be coming up at the end of the show. But let's start with the biggest announcement from Monday, okay? The show, we're, we're going to start with the whammy, all right? <laughs> okay. Uh, Wizards announced... That arena is going to be come to get on mobile soon. <laughs> yeah, guys, 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 guys. Did yeah. you hear that word? Soon? Soon. That could be tomorrow. It could it could be it could be this weekend. Oh. Or could later be a year in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so they the, so they made an announcement about something they made an announcement about something that they'll later make an announcement about a release for is what i'm understanding oh we're we're, yes. we're we're in the announcement loop for this yeah um but they did do it in a cool way they did this like long video for the all the stuff with uh with like becca scott and it was just this like really cool video and then all of a sudden daytime just rolls up and um jimmy wong was also in it and Daydine just rolls up at the end. He's not even a part of it. And he's just playing arena on mobile. You know, that's the joke. <laughs> like they're 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 in the middle of this adventure and they're somewhere else in the world and they're trying to find stuff. And then Daydine just walks in with like, you know, internet reception. Yeah. And just street clothes and yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I cracked cool. up. But yeah, I was I, I watched it actually. I was up early enough. I got the dog up early and I turned it on. I was watching. And then the the best announcement, honestly, I was excited to hear about all of the stuff from the new set. And I was having fun. I was tweeting and stuff. And then all of a sudden they're like, and they're coming out with Modern Horizons 2. And I was <laughs> like, yes, I can talk about it. <laughs> because that's that is what Brian and I went to Wizards to work on, and we couldn't speak about it, obviously. Yeah. And and uh I mean there's still a lot that we can't talk about, right? We can only talk about what the the public knows, but you know, I want to spend a little time for us to talk about this. But I want to tell you all about day one of working for Wizards. Are you are you ready for this? I prefer yeah. day nine, but let's start with one. I guess yeah, no, same. day one. Yeah, day nine. Yeah, week two was pretty good, but day one, <laughs> we we sit down in a meeting with Aaron Foresight, and they have like a packet and all this information for us, and they're like, "All right, uh, just so you know, you're going to be working on Modern Horizons two. And, uh, you know, it's a big, big project and awesome and fun. And and here's some information for you. And I'm looking through this, 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 this packet of information. And I was like, Aaron, can I call you Aaron? He's like, yes, of course. And uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> our enemy fetch land is going to be in the set. And Aaron's like, well, of course not. We're, we're evil. We don't want people to have fun. And I was like, you know what, Aaron? And I stood up and I'm like, I'm going to quit and walk out right now. If you don't put enemy fetch lands and modern horizons to immediately. And he's like, sorry, Brad, we're not going to do it. And I was just like, well, fine. You can take away my MPL contract. You can take away my ability to play magic, but you could not take away fetch lands from the magic players. And Aaron's like, all right, Brad, you got it. <laughs> the fetch lands are in the set. Wow. So it yeah, was all your uh... pull, huh? Yeah. That's, that's, that's how it went down. Yeah. Is that's it? exactly how it went down. I Come on, man. You don't have to lie to people. You said 
fetch lands. You didn't specify enemy fetch lands. They made that decision, not you. Don't take the credit for that. God, I just hate this revisionist history stuff. Oh, my Unreal. Unreal. But yeah, of course, that's exactly how it went down. No part of that story fabricated in any way. Um, also, they did take Brad's contract, though, so rip. <laughs> Rip the you just ripped it up. Uh, and Brad's no longer in, in the MPL. Rest in peace, Brad's MPL career. Uh, <laughs> it's gone. So, so, is that all you guys worked on? Was just the one set, or we we, yeah. we cannot speak of that at this time? Okay, no, I'm, okay. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow, this <laughs> is going to be a great episode. I was like, well, I just said yeah. So, am I, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we 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 worked on uh, Modern Horizons two the the time we were there, and it it was honestly it was really cool. Uh, really yeah. cool like i i can't really overstate uh that enough it, it was it was an awesome experience and it was a really daunting experience too because we come in there and they're like yeah we're doing modern horizons too and we need you guys to help us test it and we're like so modern uh, that's a big <laughs> format to test for like cool yeah. we can definitely I, do I, that I, I yeah, oh, yeah. Tested test it stand or test it in constructed as well as limited huh Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I I hadn't tested modern and or looked at a modern deck in months. You know, like <laughs> I didn't know anything about the format at the time. Wow. Yeah, and that doesn't seem like your absolute strengths, there, bro. No, I had I had a lot of catching ups to do. Um, but but it was it was awesome. You know, like I, I just uh just seeing the working environment and just getting to hang out with the people that that work there and play design and seeing how much they like how actually just how smart they all seem like i feel like you learn a sh- like the the amount of stuff that i know about magic design after mm-hmm. two days of being there was like the bulk of what i knew about magic design yeah like i think i knew what going into it or some of it not a lot you know like i i i, I never think i'm the smartest person in the room so like i walked in and i i was ready to be a sponge and absorb but there was so much knowledge and and experience and 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 willingness to like help us you know transition quickly into this environment yeah and um it was it was a blast um and there's a lot of cool things about it uh, but I want to tell my actual favorite story about this because Brian, you probably remember this. So this is actually a real story now. This, or? Is, a, this is a true story, <laughs> okay. and and it's vetted. I know that we can speak about it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. And so uh, they have a machine uh, called like the Silver Queen or something, and that's pretty much you, you print magic cards. So you build a deck on a computer, you print the cards, and then you play test. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and is it like you know, full art and everything too? Uh, I well, mean, it's, it's, every it's, card has the art of Aether Vial. <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> no, but frequently that was happening, so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the best is how the system works is it pulls the newest art. So after like a week or two, I don't even remember when this happened, I built a deck that, that had Fatal Push in it. And I like start looking through my deck and all of a sudden Yargle's on my Fatal Push. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, like it's the fatal push art, but it's Yargle falling. And I'm oh, like, oh yes. And I'm like, what is this? And I go up so, and I'm like, did I? Did, what? What is? I don't actually know how to ask what this is. What is this? And they're, and they're just like, oh, it's Yargle Day. And I was like, what's a Yargle Day? And they're like, 
Well, 9-3, of course, because it's a 9-3, which is, in fact, the day that this is coming out. Yeah. It's a secret lair with a bunch of Yargles. <laughs> and Yargle on a bunch of R and one's Fatal Push. But I just remember staring at this for, like, five minutes frozen, being like, am I hallucinating? <laughs> like, just, like, I've been seeing Fatal Pushes all week, and all of a sudden, just this has Yargle on it now. That was my favorite part of the announcement, you know, a couple days ago is when they announced Yargle Day and they showed all these alternate arts of cards. I was cracking up oh, laughing. It's hilarious. It's so good. Just, like the sword of Plowshard Yargle where he's just got a sword in his mouth. <laughs> it's so oh, yeah, good. They're, they're amazing. But just having that in real time and no one explaining it, I was just so lost. <laughs> wow. That is absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, it, it's pretty cool that you guys worked on... Modern Horizon 2, when you both both played a pro tour with Modern Horizon, that's got to be cool to like, you know, transition <laughs> from the pro side <laughs> to the <laughs> development <laughs> side. Right? Right? You guys both did that. Yep. Uh, yeah, we both did. Yeah, we both did. More. I <laughs> uh, love the uh, love, love the revisionist history. Uh, so, yeah. But no, it was, it was really cool. And like, it, it kind of put into perspective how difficult that job is. Um, oh, yeah. and we were working yeah. with people and they're, they're really talented people, um, that, and, and impressive to me about how much they cared too. considering like for, like for us, like, yeah, we're going to care cause it's their first time doing something like this. And it's really cool for us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these people, you know, they've been working there for years and stuff and they still had a lot of passion for it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, some some of them even over ten years or whatever they've been working there and and still had a lot of passion for it, which was awesome to see. But yeah, it it was a really like you know it's not an easy job to to do this. Like one example that I have is there was one card and it was in the file for a long time, and we finally started testing it on the third week that we were there. And it was yeah. just busted beyond belief. <laughs> and it's like, we, we spent two weeks without even playing with the card, you know, like it was just really? there the entire time. And, and we were, and then we just finally were like, Oh uh, yeah, we should probably try this card in like this deck. And it was just like, abs- it was just broken. And, so, and we're like, yeah, we can't print that card. <laughs> so I'm curious when you guys, you know, see cards like this or whatever, you just find a deck list that would make sense to put it in and then just jam it up against just random matchups or like, is there a bunch of decks well, already on the counter or I think, I don't even know how much we should speak on this. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I'm just, also, I'm just curious about, uh, uh, you know, the whole process of it. Cause I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I mean, there's a process to, to do due diligence in every single situation as a different situation, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and the thing that I will say is it's a daunting task in the sense that, you know, a few days in, I was like, holy shit, this is kind of impossible, you know? Yeah, yeah. to test like, every matchup and not miss something. I mean, something. Said, yeah. like, you know, the day a set releases, there's more games of Magic played with that set than was internally, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. just after and, one, probably, like, a couple hours, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, and they have a system. And the one thing that I was mostly impressed with is I know a lot of the people that work there, and I've even tested with some of them. And so I was, like, envisioning a little bit more of a work environment kind of like a testing house but you know everyone's kind of you know actually clean and gets up on time uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. you know but i still (laughs) thought it was going to be like you know very i mean casual is not the right word but you know like very testing house like well the environment yeah the testing house environment and it was actually just everyone was very efficient and 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 motivated and you know and 
and everything was great. It, it was just a very healthy working environment. Yeah, that's not a testing house environment. No, that's for sure. No, it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. And I mean, it after working there, like it was such a good opportunity. And I'm glad that they did this test run with Sam Bryan and I, because like before I did that, I if, if you told me, you know, if Wizard says, hey, we have a job opening and you know, I, which has happened. And I was like, I'm kind of hesitant because I still like this magic and I don't know what it's going to be like behind the closed doors, you know? Mm-hmm. And after doing it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I will, like, I fucking love it. I, I want to do that. Like, I want to keep working on Melee and 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 if Melee, I'm, I'm going to see Melee through um, and my MPL contract through. But like, if those things weren't there, I would like jump on that opportunity. And, um, yeah. and, and, and I loved my experience there. But yeah, it was fun and awesome. The team was great. Um, Aaron is amazing. Now, like Aaron Forsyth, I will say, like, you know, I didn't know what he was going to be like at Wizards. You know, I've seen him in the content that he's made and when he's in like the public, you know, when he's in the public relations side of things, when he's at a tournament and stuff like that, you know, you always put your face on and seeing him behind closed doors, that man is even more of just more awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. He was was so much fun to be around and so smart. Like, holy shit. He knows the shit about magic. It was unbelievable to me. Like I was, I was jaw dropped by just the wealth of knowledge. I would ask him a question and he would have like, I would think about something for an hour and I would ask Mm -hmm. him a question and he would give me like one sentence answer on why my logic is flawed. (laughs) And, And I was like blown away by that. Man, I, I'd pay money to be uh, to get those secrets to, you know, to just be able to say to you there, pay money to be in that meeting and uh, and hear, hear him chat with you. Oh, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah there's, a lot, like of, cool, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like I I, um, I really like one of the interesting dynamics was like things constantly changing. Uh, so like one example is there's one card that I really kind of latched on to. Um, because it was a card that I would personally play if I saw the set. I would be like, hell yeah, that card is sweet <laughs> as hell. I want to play that card. That All was right, a version of Ghost and, Council. Got it. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, so you cannot I, confirm nor deny it, Brian. Can't confirm nor deny. You're right. Uh, so I, I like built some decks with that card. And um, one of the decks that I built that had that card and another new card uh, was actually it had like a ton of new cards it was really strong um and of course you know we're building like rough draft versions of decks so like whatever the final version that players would build would be way better than what we have but Mm -hmm. if our rough draft versions kind of beating the shit out of everything it's problem um and so you know it was winning a lot and and i was like yeah i think these cards are too good as as printed and so we come back the next day and like both cards are different you know and mm-hmm. so i try to play the deck again but with the different version of the cards and it's like the deck sucks now uh oh, so, so cool. it's like cool yeah like we fixed these cards that were going to be too good um and then like it's easy to just be like okay like yeah cool we did it. we fixed those cards but then you know, eventually later on, that same card that I really liked was tried in a completely different shell and it was still too good, just in a different shell though. So it's like, you know, cards will get changed in response to feedback, but then they still have to get retested again 
Yeah, because it doesn't mean that just because they got changed, they're all of a sudden, you know, correct. Yeah, the, the, stuff, the, the weird, so the weird thing about it, and the example <laughs> I use is Muxus, is just like so. Muxus exists. We know what it does, and as a Magic player testing for the Mythic Invitational, Muxus is never going to change. Right? I can try to interact with it better or whatever, but the card's not going to change during this testing process. Um, but if if it was being tested in the 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 play design or future future league or whatever you want to call it um atmosphere the the dials could change so all of a sudden you know you see it you you change it a little bit you change the six to a five the the power toughness down to a three three or whatever and like all of a sudden it's technically a new card and while you can keep some of the stuff that you remember in your head it's not you shouldn't keep too much you know because the card has just functionally changed yeah um and so learning to like you know that stuff's the most difficult it's like yes you played with it's you know because like that's the weird thing for me is like when we see this set, and that's what a lot of people say uh one thing you know people said there it's like you you know you're not you you, you really get it once you see your your the first set you worked on out in the wild mm-hmm. and you know because like like i i seen so many cards iterated on but in my head i can't like compare it to the first iteration because sure, once sure. once it gets printed that's the version that everyone knows they don't know the other versions mm-hmm. um and now it's pretty easy to speculate every single like moxus is probably was tested at a million different dials you know mm. um or they just threw it up and they're like yeah this will be great you know but like that that's speculation um yeah it seems interesting if like you know you have a a card that just says draw two cards but now all of a sudden you made it draw two discard one to make it a little less powerful then you have to you know reevaluate okay is there anything you can abuse with the discard mechanic of this card yeah yeah. it introduces it to graveyard synergies exactly yeah so i mean that that is a really tough thing to keep in mind i mean Um, that that came up a number of times too i mean there's one particular card that Honestly, we never really got right the entire time we were there. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, yeah, like they were like, we want a card that does this specific task. And, um, you know, they had they had one in the file originally and we tested with it. And it's like, yeah, it's not working. Tried different versions of it constantly. And like uh, uh, at some point in time, a version would come up and, and be like, oh, yeah, cool. This is like doing the intended task. And it's like, but it also does all these other things in different <laughs> decks that, you know, like it is broken. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't get near, you can't uh, get tunnel visioned on what your purpose for the card is. Yeah. You have to, you have to try to keep in mind like what, what it actually will do, you know, yeah. or you lose. I mean, like Felidar guardian becomes an infinite combo because yeah. they, they wanted a nice blinking effect for that set, but you know, did not look enough and realize, okay, there is an infinite combo out there and mistakes yeah. like that happen. So if there's sure. ever any busted, you know, synergies or something coming from that while I'm playing modern and I lose to it, I'll just be able to yell to the sky and just be like, Brian, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I know we're joking about it, but, like, when we left, the set wasn't done, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't even know what the final file is going to look like. I'm I'm really curious to see. Uh, so, you know, Brad and I and, and Sam Black was there, too, and Sam was really good at, the, good at it. And uh, we, you know, we tried the best we could, but... I mean, that's we, part of... 
you know, we're, we're, the, we're the newbies there, you know, like we don't really know what we're doing. Well, this we're is, just, this yeah. is their, this was their test run. And also like, I liked that my biggest fear going into it is like tournament integrity. It's the same thing with melee. Like currently right now, I do not have the ability to go to the back end of the website. So like for a random meaning, like random task of mine is to switch deckless names when, you know, somebody names their deck wrong. <clears throat> I, I yep. can't do that right now because like I wanted to make sure that, you know, integrity is very important. And I wanted everyone to have confidence in that. So like I removed myself from the back end of Melee once the Mythic Invitational and previously the Players Tour Finals tournament page went up on Melee. Yeah. So like I, I just have a user account right now and um, just a, a regular user account. Uh, and so... Um, same thing with that. Like when, when they first asked me about it, I was like, I don't want competitive integrity to be a part of this. And they said, well, like, and, you know, that's probably why they put us on that set and, you know, we didn't get finals. So like, there's like, there's no way for us to even know what's technically in the set. We were in the middle of the process, but yeah. you guys can both start playing modern right now and getting an edge at the next modern event with modern horizon too, though. So that's, that's not fair. What are you what talking do you mean? about? Well, the next modern event that could happen a year and a half from now, you know, like you guys already know which kind of good decks to start practicing the shells in. I'm also totally kidding. That's near impossible, okay. but okay, yeah, that, that, was yeah. the, that was the thing that we didn't want. We didn't want to yeah. know the final any anything, anything. I mean, in. there's so many actual sets that come out before that that are going to change the dynamic of modern alone before this set comes out. So, I mean, that that is completely impossible. And I was joking. But. OK, yeah, like, yeah. We, we like. There's zero possible competitive advantage. We, I mean, maybe no. not zero, but like, yeah, incredibly minuscule that we could get from from all this because it's like. Yeah, who knows what's going to oh. be the final file. And who knows yeah. if Modern's ever going to be a professional tournament anymore. You know, I mean, if we can't meet in person, they're definitely not going to moto, you know, big pro tour events for Modern. Oh, they'll just put it on Arena and then we'll try to do Modern stuff on Arena. Cool, so I'll be able to play with play on my phone then. Only awesome. Day 9 will have access to Modern on <laughs> yeah. Arena. Day 9 yeah. wins the fifth Modern tournament in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Russia, just uncontested every tournament. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that sounds really cool, though, guys. That's... Uh... That sounds like a really fun experience. It was fun and it was great. And like the, the closing notes for that, because we've already been talking about this for quite a while, is just mm -hmm. that I was blown away by how awesome everyone was and how hard they tried and how smart they all were. Like, honestly, like that's not like the, I'm not even trying to blow smoke up wizard's ass. Like the, those people cared. They tried hard. They 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 were smart. And um, it was it was a much different environment than I thought it was going to be, but much better than I expected. I mean, yeah, I, it, was, it was better than I expected too. Yeah. And honestly, even just what I, the work I've done with wizards just for commentary and stuff, like just talking to the producers and stuff, they, they really do care about the final product. That's for sure. Yeah. The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the deck bot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. 
Wow. We can move on to spoilers now. All, All right. right, new cards. So, new uh, pre- previous? Cards. previous. Previous. Sorry, previous. Previous. Yes. <laughs> All right, previous. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't know this was a car podcast. I do have a spoiler on the back of my Honda Civic, though, so hell oh, yeah. Do Just, you? No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I do not. Do you not see his car parked outside, Bradley? Or? Well, I do, but I can't see any anything, any spoilers on it because it hasn't been driven in so long. <laughs> that is true. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's start with the lands because the lands are always what define the standard format, specifically standard. Yeah. Um, lands just always, especially when we go to five cent standard, it's usually a big land cycle comes in and that super defined standard. And so with Zendikar Rising, we have, do they have a name yet? Uh, pathways. Pathways? Oh, yeah. That's, yep. Yeah, they're all pathways. So um, we'll just say one of them. I'm going to go through one of them. It's the uh, the blue and red. It's called Riverside Pathway on one side and Lava Glide Pathway on the other. And Wrong. These... <laughs> what? Uh, so it's River Glide Pathway. Mm. What did I say? Riverside Pathway. Oh, shit. Yeah, River Glide <laughs> Pathway and Lava Glide Pathway. <laughs> wow. I... I'm sorry, guys. I can't do the podcast anymore. It's just yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. And Brad, when you read the whole card, make sure to get the flavor text too. We really want to get a full picture of the card. I don't want to have to fucking do this shit there anymore. Is. There <laughs> it is. I knew it was coming, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So how pathways work is they are one color on one side. It's a flip card. Another color on the other side. And when you play them, uh, you pick a side. And you can just be one color or the other. Now, these do not have a basic land type or a type at all, except for land. They must be non-basic, but I guess they're not. They're not even non-basics. They don't say non-basic on them, so they must not be non-basics. And I know you Um, can't search them with, like, fetch lands, but... Yep, yeah, they're not not a type. But so how these work is you just get one or the other, they come into play on tap. So the, the river glide slash lava glide pathway... Um, when you put into play, it can either start producing blue for the rest of the game or red for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about these is they're untapped lands. Um, and they honestly, what I love about them, my, my first thing I want to say is that these are the types of lands that are going to allow decks to have faster mana. Yeah. Not, uh, and but they're dual lands that aren't going to allow decks like Soul Tie, for example, to run. Uro plus Jace plus Cry of Carnarium plus Casualties of War. Yeah. Like, and and so like three color decks might be two color in a splash as opposed to you could just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, like two color and a splash when you can use eight of these lands to, you know, touch on the splash color seems just awesome because then you can play aggressive decks and still abuse some powerful mechanic or some powerful card uh, within a within an aggro deck, which I think has just been sorely missing from standard right now, mostly due to Uro, and that's probably not going to change, but the mana base was definitely a detriment to aggro decks in standard at least. Yeah, and so uh, it's already confirmed that we only get six of them right mm-hmm. all right so we get blue red white black green red red white blue black green white so most of these are the aggressive colors besides blue black they they tend to lean towards the the aggressive strategy we don't get green blue so you know no oh, dang it simic's yeah. gonna suck again Ugh. 
<laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, Brian, do you have any opinions on these lands? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a really awesome design. Uh, I, I like the lands a lot. And yeah, I'm with you on that. Like they're, I think they're going to be more of a two color deck type thing uh, rather than a three color deck. Just for the reasons that you guys are pointing out. Um, I will say that uh, uh, these are non-basic lands, so. Okay, um, I just want to make sure yeah, they don't say That makes it. sense. I don't yeah. do any of them say it like oh maybe they don't anymore I haven't paid attention yeah. the one thing I will say about these pathways and it's not going to really be super relevant for us you know for the foreseeable future but I hate flip cards when it comes to just an actual paper magic tournament having to take them out of your sleeve flip them around forgetting to flip them I guess it doesn't matter if you flip them back or not for the next game but I just personally hate flip cards uh, especially if you're them. like drafting, you know, like if we did pro tour drafts, having to like show that you have this card uh, at the beginning of the draft, like a little stuff like that kind of drives me crazy about just the functionality of the card. But um, but these lands are awesome. I mean, I, I, I'll disagree with you. I will deal with that annoying stuff to have more depth on my magic cards and That's for, the, for the yeah. game to have unique complexities. I think mm. flip cards was the revolutionary thing where they can always come back to it and do some really cool things like this. True. And, and also now this set also has the cycle that our spells end lands. And that mm. that is going to open up a whole can of worms on deck building because we might start seeing decks play more or less lands. I assume technically less lands because you attach them to your spells. Yeah. So, you you know, you, you effectively have 17 or 18 lands in your deck, but four of your cards your lands could also be spells in the light game. Yeah. And so like these kind of things are going to change limited and, and I just, I, I love how it changes the flavor, the story that cards can tell and the way that we get to play them. Um, yeah. I will, I will disagree with you, Brian, a little though. About what? About um, the color of these. I, I actually, I think that these will change what decks can do, but I do think that like, Two color decks can really get away with a splash by just playing Trium and connecting. Like for example, like let's say um, Team or Team or Adventures is this messed up deck that isn't rotating, um, but its mana is the biggest thing because the shock lines were very good for it. Yeah, but this deck can run the that that deck is also a green and blue deck that splashes red, and so this deck can run four blue red and four green reds so that sometimes you'll still get your bone crushers on time um but you know it'll probably not want to play say storm's wrath or a bunch of double red cards or whatever but i do think that we might see decks splashing especially with like the mythoses i could see you know any mm. combination of of obzon a two-color deck um getting access to you know, two two dual lands now being able to cast the Obzon Mythos card, whatever it's called, the, uh, the yeah. removal spell, or or ultimatums. I think ultimatums are essentially unbanned as well, with Aethergust being gone and the mana bases being a little bit more forgiving. So and that I, that might open up as well. That, that one's that's, more that's different than what I'm. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't disagree with you, Brad, but I when I say a three color deck, I mean like a pure three color deck. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But like. Yeah, you so you can do things like play a two color deck that splashes red because you get two red pathways. But if that two color deck is trying to also play like, for example, uh, 
what is that flying fairy that everyone plays? I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name. It's Petty, click. Petty Theft card. Oh, Brazen Borrower. Brazen Borrower. Yeah, Brazen Borrower is double blue. So, like, oh, it's going to be harder to cast a Brazen Borrower when you have River Glide Pathways and the Green Red Pathway in your deck. Um, because, of, because if you're relying on that for red mana, you can't also bank on it for blue mana. Like, some amount of the time it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. But some amount of the time you have to make a choice. You don't always get the best uh, of those choices. Um, one thing I will say about the cards that are spells that, that that flip into a land is one of the things that I think that that they've been trying to do with magic design for a while is eliminate uh, mana flooding as a problem in the game of magic. Mm-hmm. And you know we see this with like Uro type cards or like Hydroid Crisis like. These decks just go on forever. They always have things to do. Even late in the game, they don't flood out. Um, and, and it's kind of true. Even a lot of the aggressive decks are like that now, where they just they never flood out. They always have something to do with their mana. Um, whereas, like, Magic, I don't know, five, ten years ago, like, if you're playing an aggro deck and you draw eight lands, it's like, well, I have eight mountains, and every card in my deck costs two mana, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's not like that anymore. And I think that this these kinds of cards are another way to do that type of effect, yep. but in a less oppressive way. I mean, we'll see what the end result is, of course, but it feels yeah. to me like a less oppressive way to do it because one of the ways that they tried to combat flooding was just provide so much card advantage into cards that people never ran out of things to do, but that created its own series of problems where there was just too much card advantage. Uh, but I think when you have something like a spell that's also a land, uh, you're not really getting card advantage from that card. You're just getting options. And I think that's a different, I think that's an entirely different thing and kind of less annoying to have to play against. Yeah. I mean, one of, I, I never really got to bring this up, uh, <laughs> written in a while. And this has been, you know, big since a lot of the time that I haven't, I haven't gotten to write, but the, to your point, I think one of the sleeper reasons why Nissa was such a fucked up magic card was not because of the interactions when you had resources. It's that when you flooded, it created resources that would no longer would usually not be a good resource to have. Um, right. You get to turn every extra land into a threat. Yeah. So you, you at least had a you know, you might have to take an aggressive path trying to win that way. It might not always work. But when you were flooding with a Nissa. You, you still had options because you were getting to take that that real estate that was otherwise not used and turn them into mm-hmm. three threes. Yeah. Um, and that's that card advantage built in, right? Like, now this is too good at what this Nissa did, but I, I, I agree with you. Instead of like the Uros and the crises and stuff like that and like the, the experimental frenzies and the things that just go on and on and on and on, mm-hmm. um, I, I love different ways to do this so i I love these lands land land or land spell cards same same and honestly that's why they had like all the lands that cycled as well just trying to eliminate non-games it seems like the direction that they want to head down just because you you hear all the bad stories from players like oh i got mana screwed or i got flooded and died like those are when people don't enjoy playing magic and it, it does seem like they've tried everything to stop uh that feeling um you know from being around in magic but it's definitely a balancing act because yeah if you go too far in in that direction you get into problems where 
Um, games have troubles, trouble concluding um, on, in a reasonable like game games drag on too long because people have too mm-hmm. much stuff to do. Um, or you get into trouble where games become too repetitive, where the end game of every game always looks exactly the same because people will always get to that end game because they're not flooding out. They're not yeah. getting mana screwed. Um, just kind of hearthstone, it, basically, right? Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. just it, it becomes a very hearthstone experience for people. Um, and that's not always a benefit. Like as much as people like to complain and hate mana screwing and mana flooding, there are times where it's actually just a benefit to have that as part of your game because mm-hmm. that introduces a level of variance that uh, is is a different play experience than just always hitting your land drops and playing your arrows on three, you know, playing your fires or wilderness reclamation on turn four. doesn't matter how many times you mulligan to get to those cards. Yeah. You'll make it up in card advantage. Like that that kind of repetitive experience is also not fun so there's there's trade-offs both ways like and what agreed what one of the things also is uh the garbage mode of end games and i i think the most prominent in the last uh year was pre uh companion change but uh, when they changed the the ruling or the way that they were worded when they when they were printed as is uh, or functioned as printed uh, I always hated the Yorion mirrors because there were just games where you actually had five cards in your hand and you didn't have a, a, a good path. Like you didn't have a playable thing. They haven't Elspeth conquers death and play. So if you play anything, they blink it. Yeah. If, if you, if you do this other thing, you can't draw a card because of their NAR set um, and, and all these things. And when, you know, that's, that's happened more and more in the last year where I'm playing standard and, the end game is like five to 10 more turns, but like there's 96% chance that this, this person's going to win based on what's happening. And only like this corner case, it's like they have to brick off on their crisis for, for, for seven. Yeah. Like the, after they resolve their Nissa, they have to have no other cards in their hand. Um, You know, just random stuff like that. And so I definitely agree with everything you were saying, Brian. And it is definitely a difficult balancing act, especially because of the resource engine that lands have to be. Um, But I I do like the step in the direction of like, I mean, shit, we're in our 25th to 6th year in Magic. And they they created new lands that I never thought about before. Yeah. Yeah. And and very cool. That example that you gave, Brad, where you couldn't find a path to victory, sounds like you needed a pathway. <laughs> oh, but, but, but the yeah. problem was is I couldn't decide between a river glide or a lava glide. Oh, so, no, oh, <laughs> river glide? I thought it was riverside. Oh, oh wow. So oh, I, do yeah, have, yeah. I do have one last question for you guys regarding these lands. Like, is this river glide pathway is it even better than steam vents though, or is it still just worse than that? But we're just you know doing what we can with it. Oh, it's worse than steam vents. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. These are worse than dual lands. Like. <laughs> For sure, yeah. but they're they're gonna be they're gonna. I think they're gonna be healthier for standard, especially alongside the tap lands of triomes and temples, because um, with with uh, scarier, sketchier mana bases means that you don't get to just play all be the cards. greedy, right? Yeah, just yeah, be yeah. super greedy. Well, yeah. it's not greedy. Playing Soltai right now, it's not greedy to expect to be able to cast a cry of Cranarium on turn three and even bring back an Uro if you could on turn four. Like your man yeah, just does yeah. that stuff. Like it's not greedy at all. It would be greedy now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, with like even the creation of Pioneer not allowing fetch lands, that seems like the direction they want to go is try to make people play two color decks and like, you know, not just play four color good stuff piles. Yeah. Um, kind of like we, what we saw at Pro Tour Wisconsin that we were all at. Wasn't it just like four color Jace decks just became the best thing, you know, for very long after that? Oh, I don't know about you guys. Just we all play. Yeah, we all. Yeah, just guy black. I mean, we all play yeah, two color yeah. decks, but Shitty two color decks, yeah. <laughs> but three color, three, three and four color decks were the best in that format. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I love these lands. I mean, when you boil them down, the, the, this land is basically, uh, you know, evolving wilds only untapped. You know, th- this is basically a fabled pass. The, all these pathways are basically what fabled passage does. But without the oh, restriction, yeah, without without the restriction and only two colors, not not all five. Mm. And you don't have to search your library like yep. you just play the land. You don't have to fetch. You don't have to search your library. You don't have to shuffle your deck to do that. Like, I, I, I think this is one of the, like the best design lands they've made in a very long time. Well, speaking of fetches, let's actually get to our first non uh, land card from from the new set. Okay. And that is Lotus Cobra, one in a green, two one snake, landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. Whew. I remember me some Lotus Cobras. I don't know about y'all. No, oh, I remember yeah. those, yeah. I loved it. I remember playing a state championship in the finals, and I was on the play for like the third game, and I just went turn two Lotus Cobra into Fetchland, Jace, Brainstorm, Lightning Bolt, your two drop. I'm like, wow, I shouldn't be allowed to do this in standard. Well, in this standard, you're going to be able to go Lotus Cobra, turn three Uro, have an extra land, extra mana floating, play a Fable Passage, get a second mana fetch, landfall, get a third, and then cast it to fairy loot on turn three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Or if you put like some Omnath with it too, get a second land drop there, and then you're just all of a sudden Ooganing on like turn four. Yeah, the, Cobra's ceiling is insanely high, but it is a two one, so its floor is pretty damn low. It can just be killed very easily. And, and, and we have we've kind of learned from this format that anytime a creature like this is good, <clears throat> then Bone Crushers come out. Yeah, they uh, they 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 love they love to stamp on cards like this or Golden um, Brad, Goose. I don't think snakes have that many bones in their body, though. Yes, they do. Is it just one long, long giant bone? No. Oh, I guess I don't know snake anatomy too well. <laughs> <laughs> they got enough bones to crush. All right, all right, all right. Uh, this card's cool. It's it's a reprint. It's a fun card from back in the day. It went from mythic to rare, which is good and reasonable for for magic and mm-hmm. a card that i actually used to qualify for my first mocks with that rug deck but the early iterations of it cool. um and love that card next card also talking about landfall but anti-landfall is <laughs> confounding conundrum oh colorless blue enchantment when confounding conundrum enters the battlefield draw a card whenever land enters the battlefield under your opponent's control if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to its owner's hand. Brian, what do you think about this conundrum? Uh, it's pretty confounding. That would be my take. <laughs> All right, um, next card is on next the- card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool card. It's it's like a I don't know. It, it's kind of almost like an old card, you know. Like 
This is this is almost like the kind of card that they would have printed 15 years ago or something. Uh Teferi's, what is it, Sabo's Web or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those like two mana cantrips that, you know, ground seal, hoses something. Uh but no, I, I think this is a good area to attack is people trying to play extra lands because that's not fun magic for a lot of people. Um, especially yeah. me. I I hate ramp. It is my least favorite um style of magic, and the last few years have sucked um because it's just been ramping in hydroid crisis over and over again, and I don't enjoy that. Yeah, uh, that's true. So I love to see a card like this. Granted, these cards r- rarely are actually good. Um it's it's pretty rare that these kinds of hate cards actually see any play, but yeah, um just printing printing these kinds of cards, yeah, I, I like to see it. And it's hard to be like really, really bad since it does cantrip. I feel like this is, I agree with you, Brian, this is like an old style design, but the old style design just didn't have the draw card aspect on it, you know, so that was like always unplayable. I, I, I think this card could be good. Um, and it, it really interests me for like modern too, where, where fetch lines are everywhere. This card really messes with a fetch land, uh, a fetch shock ma- mana base. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the the reason that it's all design is in, like, it doesn't just proactively do your game plan. Yeah. Um, like, you have to spend time to do this. And and it doesn't have an effect if it's later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so the con- it, has, it has to come down early. The confounding part of this card is the drawback <laughs> could also be a benefit in some scenarios. Yeah. Let's say you play this in modern, and it's like, oh, cool, I'm going to shut down my opponent's fetch lands, and they're like... Well, I'm going to fetch into a Mystic Sanctuary, get back yeah. my Cryptic Command, and get my Mystic Sanctuary back to my hand. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, it's not a straight oh, Jesus upside. fucking Christ, we're moving on. I was about to come in and be like, well, in standard, after they make their land drop, you can fill to ruin them and make them return to land. That's cool. And you're like, and you can bounce your own Mystic Sanctuary. You're like, thanks, dude. No, no, you can't do it. You can't do it to yourself. No, it I'm says saying like they do it to you and you're like, thanks, yeah. chief. Yeah. But, but in standard, one interesting thing, though, that could be a real drawback is look at all these spells that are played as lands you know what if that sajiri step like uh land was played now all of a sudden they play their second land they have this nice spell that they can just pick up so it, yeah, it, I mean, it is the, interesting it is i think the the biggest thing for this card the way that i think it's going to happen is if it's good enough for an uro mirror if yep then they they might play this as a as a mirror hate card that can also mm-hmm. just ruin a ramp deck. So like there's like a generic ramp strategy in the format that's playing pretty fair. This yeah. card is just always going to KO it if it comes down early. So yeah, or I can picture it being with a Yorian strategy and kind of replacing Omen of the Sea. I know it's a much worse card, but if the ability actually ends up being relevant, then, you know, the application of the card would be more worth it than Omen of the Sea. You can still see you know, if you're playing camp. O- yeah. Omen's too good. But I, my, I think uh, you're right, but yeah. My, my my take is that if there's a ramp deck of the format, it's probably going to be around Lotus Cobra because that's, to, from my understanding, the oh. most powerful ramp ramp card uh that will be in that will be in standard and to me lotus cobra is on the edge of what i consider reasonable for ramp like Mm -hmm. it's a creature it dies to removal it costs two mana instead of one mana um but it does do really powerful things and i think 
I think it's borderline, but fine. I think yeah. things that are better than Lotus Cobra should just never be printed. Clearly, standard. Brian has not read Omnath Locus of Creation yet. If he thinks that's the biggest ramp card. Brian, yeah. okay. would you read this for us? <laughs> Sorry, I thought you wanted the podcast to be less than six hours long. All right. Omnath Locus of Creation. Uh, red, green, white, blue. Legendary creature elemental 4-4. Four, four. When Omnath Locus of Creation enters the battlefield, draw a card. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. If this is the first time this ability has resolved this turn. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each Planeswalker you don't control. If it's the fourth time, uh, your opponent has to give you a back rub. If it's the fifth time, you win the game, they lose the game. And if it's the sixth time, they have to drop from the tournament. So. If it's the seventh, they have to buy you lunch. Yes, it goes on like this for a, on the seventh for a full time, two pages. On yeah. the seventh time, <laughs> God, rest, God, God rested. Yes. Yeah, rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of synergizing insanely well with Uro and Lotus Cobra, though, this, this card seems like it's going to slot right into a deck with those two cards, and especially Fabled Passage. Fabled Passage is insane with this card. Play Omnath well, next turn. I, I completely agree with you, bro, but it's still a four different color card. Yeah, but Lotus Cobra adds a mana of any color, and we have all these triomes, and we have all these pathways. Yeah. I think this card is actually going to be very good. It does seem sweet. It does seem yeah. sweet. I would say my favorite pathway from the set is is the dark side of the force. <laughs> the dark side's a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. Yeah, I mean, so. you just think about playing this on like turn five, turn six, you play just Fabled Passage, crack it, and now you can play Ugin. Just with Fabled Passage. Turn, turn, turn it, five? Turn six, turn six. I mean, if you played it on turn five, your six land drop, if it's Fabled Passage, just creates Ugin. Well, couldn't you play it on turn four and do that on turn five? I don't think so, right? Because it is, that's nine mana, right? U- Ugin costs eight mana, bro. Oh, Ugin is eight. Why, why am I thinking 10? Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was totally thinking Ulamog. Yeah, turn five. You can just Ugin. That's no not impressive deal. anymore. <laughs> We've been doing <laughs> that shit forever. <laughs> and your opponent's like, all right, cool. Five, uh, I, I turned Ford in Ugin <laughs> earlier today. Historic. I actually turned Ford Ugin this morning for breakfast. Corey's like, if you have the seven card combo, you can <laughs> turn seven Ugin. <laughs> hear me out hear me out this is a four different colored magic card but if you do all of these things you can cast this colorless magic card (laughs) checks notes colorless i I do think omnath's really powerful i do think it will see play i agree i I agree i agree with Corey. i just i had to get the dig in but god i just love you guys and just this (laughs) podcast and everything it represents I just oh, love it. You do want to do this anymore. No, I don't want to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So next up, I don't got much to say for this card, but it's Nissa the Shadowed Bows. Bows? Bowsies? Bowsies. that's it. Bowsers, yes. Bowsers, yeah. All right. Two colors, green, black. Nissa's on the dark side. Four loyalty, legendary planeswalker, Nissa. Landfall, whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a lo- or you put a loyalty counter on Nyssa. 
plus one untapped target land you control, you may have it become a 3-3 elemental creature with haste and menace uh, until end of turn, it's still a land. So this is just until end of turn, and it's a mate. You can still untap the land. Uh, minus five, you may put a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two plus one plus one counters on it. So this wow. is, yeah, this is uh, effectively can can be aggressive, can attack, you know, Planeswalkers with menace, you can get some extra damage in, a little bit of mana ramp, has the landfall to also get a boost. So you could effectively play this, play a land, and then ultimateness immediately. If it's a fable passage, you're going to be able to um, keep it around for a turn. Or if um, you have Omnath with it as well, you can cast Ugin. So, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that this card looks like a build around might not be powerful enough for standard, but is a very interesting place. And honestly, I'm cool if a uh, Anissa isn't uh, in every deck. Yeah. yeah, originally I thought this card was busted as hell because I didn't realize that the plus one was only until end of turn. Once I yeah. once once Brad told me that that's what it was, I was like, okay, cool cool yeah like, if it went back to the old ways and i'm just like oh man and then next year it's like three man anissa <laughs> yeah it's like target land you control becomes a three three elemental creature with haste and f you um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i will say that this negative five ability though does seem like there is a possibility of something busted going with it oh like, for sure i mean you yeah. can put in like a crater hoof type effect uh like uh yeah there's a lot of cool things you can do with that it just yeah it can also bring something back from the graveyard so it can go it can be like a go long card it can be a cheat something into play card like it seems cool but the problem with standard is these are the types of cards that i don't really they might be good but usually yeah. like it doesn't protect itself mm -hmm. and it's you know it it doesn't kill anything yeah. So these are two big downsides to the black and green color pie. Yeah. And honestly, what I'm really glad they've gone Since away from. <laughs> I'm really glad Sorry. they've gone out. <laughs> Sorry, I had to crack open a, a drink there because I got to pour one out for my boy. <laughs> Soren. Soren, oh. vengeful bloodlord, has Didn't the same, shit. <laughs> same converted mana cost as Nyssa. And tried to do the same two things, plus to kill other uh, planeswalkers and minus to return creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield and is worse in every single way. And I just I gotta pour one out for him because damn. That's because it it's half unplayable color. Uh, which half is that? The well, white half? The white half, yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. That is true. Speaking of that, Brian, you brought some cards for us to discuss, right? What color are all of them? They're all white cards. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> so we know that none of these will ever actually see play. <laughs> but presuming that they did, I would love to discuss these. Um, first one that I want to talk about is... Uh, I think my favorite, it's it's a really simple card, honestly, but it's, I think it's my favorite design from the set for one reason I'll get into. It's a Skyclave Apparition, one white, white, creature, core spirit, two, two. When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you don't control with converted mana cost four or less. When Skyclave Apparition leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner creates an XX blue illusion creature token, 
where X is the converted mana cost of the exiled card. So first of all, got a bone to pick with this card. It's called Skyclave Apparition. It's a ghost, but it doesn't have flying. Come on. Come on. All right. But in terms of uh, the cool part of this card, for years and years and years, I've been saying, please make more cards that um, more of these O-ring type cards where when the O-ring type card leaves the battlefield, your opponent doesn't get that same card back again. Because that just makes all those cards suck. Like yeah. you you O-ring your opponent's like busted ass planeswalker, and then they're like, disenchant your O-ring, get my busted ass planeswalker back with all my mana untapped. And it's yeah. like, God, you just can't pl- ever play those cards. Oh, I, I, um, I, I, yeah. cons- I consider cards like that, like the learning curve. I don't consider these bad magic players. I consider them novice. So like I'm yeah. playing like, let's say I've like ranked down a little bit. I haven't played much. I pick up a deck with Nissa's and I'm just like grinding back my laddering and I play someone and they're like, oh, ring your Nissa. And I was like, come on, man. Come on. You know that that that's not what you want to do. I know that this has never happened to you before. So I'm going to teach you a lesson. Casualties I, I, of war. Casual, or, brazen, <laughs> or even just brazen borrower counter it back on the backswing, you know? It's yeah. like I set up the perfect turn to get my thing back, to to animate it, then they have to recast their thing, and then I counter it, or I got enough effect out of it. It's just they're always bad, but they look like they should be good. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah, look yeah. like they should be playable and standard, but they're not. And mm-hmm. and so like they're good learning curve type effects. Like you just have to have it happen to you once, right? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, this card is fantastic. It's everything I want out of these effects, except, you know, I wanted to go back in time and exile every Nissa ever printed, but not going to be able to do so, that. So one thing, there's two things that's really interesting about this card is one, if that does happen where you get this card bounced back to your hand, they get the illusion. You get to replay this, hit the illusion, and nope. then what? No? Oh, Non-token permanent. Non-token. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's less interesting. But if I'm reading this correctly, can't you play this and either blink it or bounce it with the ability on the stack? They get a zero, zero, and then the thing remains exiled? Yes. You're correct. They went You're back correct. to that old, that old system, yep. And, and I mean, that kind of effect with, like, what do we have? Flicker of Fate right now? Um, I, there's got to be some better Shepherd, effects Shepherd to of, that. Shepherd but. of the Flock. Um, okay. the, the adventure side of Shepherd of the Flock does it. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, there, there's some options there. And I mean, they kind of moved away from that design choice with uh, these types of cards. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's like a huge part of the fun of magic is is, is those kinds of synergies. So agreed. I'm, I'm happy that they went back to that, too. I think that's a, a benefit for these kinds of well, cards. I don't think is this that can, can be templated kind of that way. Yeah, maybe not. I just possibly. don't think it's possible. Like if you can't word it to do the thing you want it to do. It's like. When when it leaves, yeah, it just it can't check, you know. Yeah. Um, but so. yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't even know if this card will be good in standard. Like, I'm not trying to say that this is like, oh, this is an amazing card that we'll see play. Maybe it won't. Um, but I, I'm just happy that they really went uh, this this choice on it, where you just don't get that same card back. Because yeah, for years what? I just can't can't deal with it anymore. 
One thing I do think where this is just going to be a natural slide into decks that are already good is just this with Winota. You know, I mean, this is a nice card to play right before Winota since it does trigger it and then you can get some good things. It's a good utility creature that is non-human. Um, so, I mean, something like that might be kind of cool. What do you guys I think? Mean, uh, yeah, but I also think that this is like probably modern and legacy playable. Like you think so? in, in like death and taxes or Eldrazi and taxes, like for modern, like I yeah. understand that Eldrazi and taxes is not like a tier one or a good deck. Um, mm -hmm. I, I own it. It's one of the only modern decks I own. I like it. I'll probably get some of these and go to F and M and play that deck. Like I won't play Eldrazi yeah. and taxes in, in a, you know, a, a pro level event because I know that it's underpowered. But yeah. I mean, you can play this flicker in flicker wisp on the stack and do some disgusting things yeah, off of you vile. Get things you can yeah. also just you just can get any permanent you can get you can get their artifacts their enchantments their planeswalkers their creatures like, yeah you you get their aether vials you get their you know whatever like yeah it just it, it getting any permanent is huge for sure and i mean getting even just getting like uro with this seems insane oh you get a three three back after i just took you know one of the most powerful cards ever printed like that seems like a great trade-up even yeah. if they do kill it you know it's like it's like i get like your super powerful card and then when they you kill it you get a three three and all you had to show for it was drawing two cards gaining six life and putting two extra lands into play like yeah hell yeah i definitely want that interaction <laughs> <laughs> or honestly yorian blinking this thing sure they get whatever back right away or they get an illusion right away and if it was something big you took but you're putting in a four five flyer you know you're gonna be able to block that illusion yorian so much dude oh you my god love, it's like does this have blue or white in its mana does it work <laughs> with yorian now wait we'll do i hear it. enter the battlefield on a blue or white card yep i got a deck idea to try <laughs> Ooh. well speaking of enter the battlefield Corey. Oh, fan me down what, baby legion <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously where has that guy been uh legion angel uh two white white four three flying creature angel warrior when legion angel enters the battlefield you may reveal a card you own named legion angel from outside the game and put it into your hand um yeah. this card i think is really interesting and creates a lot of uh cool questions around deck building ones that i'm sure will you know in three weeks or a month everyone will be like yeah this is just how you do it but for now, it's a really interesting uh, topic to, to think about is how like what you should do with Legion Angel, because the more copies you play in the main deck, uh, the more chances that you have to draw a Legion Angel, which will then find you an extra copy of the card from your sideboard where you basically get, um, you know, two for one on a four, three flyer for four, which not the most exciting, but still just a, still a good card. Um, but if you play too many in your main deck, you can only ever get one from the sideboard and the chain ends at two. And it, yeah. but if you play a lot in your sideboard and only one in your main deck, then it's a squadron you, hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you do draw that one, you get to chain into all four um, and, and, and so forth. So it's, it's really interesting uh, deck decision of, I mean, if this card is even standard playable, yeah how many do you play and where do you play them and i just thought it was really cool uh the yeah. design on this card i love yeah, the, i love just one quick thing yeah i always feel like when they do something new with magic like this is a new design yeah being able to pull cards it's not a wish it's pulling the same identity i love that they started in white 
<laughs> yeah, just, keep it safe. Like, 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 why does like the the the, the safety test? Like, yeah, the test dummies. Like, well, we yeah. know this won't see play because it's a white card. So, we'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're clear for the green cards in two sets if this mechanic isn't actually broken. Yeah, yeah. That well, makes that's sense. what's gonna happen. They're gonna be like, well, yeah, this mechanic's totally fine. Nobody played Legion Angel. Now we're gonna try it like legion elf yeah it's like it's like (laughs) legion wolf it's the same thing except it comes down and it destroys every permanent your opponent has (laughs) but it's green but it's green and no one will play that you know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this card doesn't seem good enough to me in standard by a lot like i that creature needs to have like lifelink indestructible you need it it needs questing beast to go and spice it up a little bit uh, if it if it wants to be standard legal, that's for sure. I mean, who knows? Like, it probably isn't going to be, but it is a really cool design, and it sounds fun, and it sounds weird to how many you put in and how many you get. I mean, card advantage is card advantage, and if you can put enough annoying things on the board, like, we are going to be going back to magic that doesn't have Nyssa, you know, where that's you just true. get this card Thank advantage. God. But we are going to still have, like, things like Team or Adventures, and yeah. Team or Adventures just, it's like, sure, you keep playing as many 4-3s as you want. Like, mm. yeah, you do you. Is this a three toughness flyer? Let me introduce mm. you to the old brazen borrower. Yeah. I yeah, loved, yeah. Uh, loved to brawl in combat with you. Pops, so. you keep getting as many Legion Angels as you want. <laughs> yeah. Here, we'll put a few more just in there just, for, just in case. I don't know, though. If you got two of these in play... If you play Yorian, okay, you can blink them and go get two more of these. You, Brad, slaps the hood of a car. You, you don't know one, how many Legion Angels you can you fit have, in this if bad If you have boy. one in your deck, three in your sideboard, alongside a Yorian in your sideboard, and uh. you go get the second one to put into play, and you say, no, I don't even want to go get the third one because I'm going to blink both and get two... Yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's amazing. I don't know. That's that's outrageous. The more practical thing is you have one Legion Angel in play. You play Yorian, then Charming Prince the Yorian. So the Legion Angel comes back at end step. You go get the second, and then you blink. Well, wait, that, the other one wouldn't be in play. Never that mind. That's probably the best combo in standard. Yeah. It's so much fun. Um, all right, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to say something real quick before we get to my awesome preview cards. Um, okay. One card, we're going a little long here. So Mall of the Skyclaves. It's two colors white. It's an equipment. When Maul of the Skyclaves enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two, and has flying and first strike. And then the equip cost is two cost white, white. And the reason I just want to bring this card up um, is that most of the time, these like auto-equip cards are either super underpowered or they, they require a class or a creature type. Okay. And this one does not. So this is the... This is the furthest push they've made one of these. Like, this is the the Pirate's Cutlass, but without mm. needing to be a pirate. And I think that yeah. this card is actually pretty interesting and might, if there's a standard aggressive deck, uh, that's a standard white aggressive deck, this might yeah. see some play. I, I do think it's a good card. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on it. Uh, that's pretty much my opinion of this. Like, I, 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 yeah. I, I know that Skyclave's great. I don't think Legion Angel's that great, but it's interesting. And mm-hmm. Maul is kind of in the middle. I don't know what to do with it. This yeah, is, and uh, I mean, also with Nahiri, you know, this is another equipment that you can just straight equip something with the plus ability. You know, you get a core and you don't have to pay that four mana. The plus ability this, with this in play, you just make a 1-1 one, one, or a 3-3 three, three, first strike flyer, flyer right away. That yeah. seems pretty good. Yeah, this is like grafted war gear power level, I think. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting card, but then again, it's white, so let's move on. Yeah, well, sounds great. <laughs> all, right, all right, Crack Knuckles, you guys ready for my ultimate format defining magic cards? Yes. Are you let's ready? Yes. Are you ready? All right, first up for Brad's free exclusive Thank You Wizards preview cards. Drum roll. Regrowth, two colors and a green instant. Sacrifice a land, search your library for up to two basic lands. Put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. It's actually a roiling regrowth. What did I say, rolling? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it is roiling regrowth. Sorry to to correct you on your own preview card there. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is Bastwood Surge, three colors, green sorcery. Kicker four, search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. If this spell was kicked, put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. So there we have it. Two cards that are going to be in every standard deck ever. Thank you, Brad. Okay, upcoming events that we have to look forward to. (laughs) SCG SCG Championship Qualifier (laughs) on Monday. It's historic. This is the biggest news we have so far on this podcast is these upcoming events. I gotta say, uh, yeah, it's really really cool. Like the best best green ramp card in this upcoming format is... uh, Lotus Cobra, so still yeah, Lotus yeah. Cobra. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> real good cards there, bro. Actually, these cards are not bad. I Rolling mean, regrowth is just fixed. Haro and Haro was kind of busted. Yeah, Haro saw yeah. a lot of play and was incredibly powerful. That card will see play. Haro was untapped lands, though, right? That's yes. why it was busted. Okay, okay, that makes but, sense. But still, this is um, Corey. You, you're not excited about Roiling Regrowth? I thought you wanted to play Omnath. That's a good point. That's a good point. I have I have Cobra to to cast that card. Uh, but yeah, holy right. crap! If this card put these lands into play untapped with Cobra, you would just be adding a ridiculous amount of mana. And that's what you could do, and that's why you can't. Four, five, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd literally on turn three have five mana after you cast <laughs> this to play Omnath. Let's go. But all the lands have already come into play. All right, now let's Who actually cares? get into the upcoming events. Now, this all Monday right. is the SCG Championship Qualifier, and it's historic. Now, they've been running a lot more historic tournaments. In fact, uh, there's always at 2 p.m. Eastern a historic happy hour tournament that's half price on MTG Melee from SCG on the SCG Tour. Um, okay. $10, same prizes for all of their challenges, and they've been having some absurd numbers. Um the the last few days there was like forty and like fifty five people in those, um big t- big tournaments in the middle of the days, um and then those qualify you for this historic uh, championship qualifier. I might actually try to get qualified here. Um, I get to test for the next few days, so I'm gonna play. And uh, deckless are due Sunday, so I'm I want to play in this tournament the on Monday. But then the biggest the big upcoming event is really cool. It's uh, packs online by pastimes. This is going to happen between the 12th and 20th. It's nine days of tabletop magic, MTG Arena, and online. So you can go to pastimesevents.com for more information. There'll be arena tournaments um, through uh, uh, MTG Melee. There'll be Magic Online tournaments, um, I think, baked into Magic Online just like it was for Gen Con and a lot of cool things like that. So uh, go to there to get more information on that. And that is actually, you know, in the middle of um, the new set. So it starts 
um, without Zendikar Rising, and it'll end through Zendikar Rising coming out. So there will be like tournaments literally the day of the new set. Sick. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for the upcoming events. Those are the tournaments I'm mostly excited about. I can't wait to look into past times and see what events I'm going to play. And uh, that brings us to uh, let's let's be honest, the best part of the podcast. Uh, oh hell yeah! That is our casting crew. Now our casting crew is uh, made up by our wonderful supporters through Patreon.com. If you want to support the Bash Bros Podcast, you can do so by going to patreoncom podcast and become a supporter today. Now there are a lot of things that you can get um, with your support, and one of the cool things is. Um, our bash bros battles tournament that is scheduled for september 20th that's an upcoming event we should talk about every week <laughs> yeah that's um, gonna be a sweet one yeah that this is a zendikar rising standard tournament on mtg melee for anyone that is in the uh bash bros podcast patreon we'll just be hanging out with everyone through discord and streaming and just having a fun time playing magic together yeah and uh if we take first we're taking home a bunch of bcw supplies we're not uh we're not, you know, giving it out to second place or anything like that. So if you want these prizes, come at us. Oh, if we win the prizes, I want a door prize them for the next week. Yeah, next okay, month, well, Brad, yeah. of course that's what we're going to do, but we want to motivate them to, to beat us. Oh, we're going to embarrass all of you like I embarrassed you earlier. I forgot who I played. Damn it. Damn it, I remember. I couldn't remember. I played someone in the in the Discord, but I Sure you did, Bradley. Sure you I did. did. All right, but yeah, so let's actually talk about our cast crew because we have a new member, Brian, special oh. guest. Who is our new member? Yeah, so we got Phil, a wonderful addition to our cast and crew. And I've uh, got to say, it's been awesome having Phil around in, mm. uh, you know, just wonderful work that that Phil does. And, you know, I'll, I'll run into Phil at like the, the water cooler uh, Monday mornings and you know, chat yeah. a little bit and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, I, Phil's just yeah, really so, just so, integral. So, sounds like you and Phil have bonded a lot, but what yeah. Phil is part of our cast and crew. What does Phil do? Oh, yeah, like what's, his, what's his job? He like, does I mean, you, you talk to him at the water cooler a lot. <laughs> yeah. like, you had to have known what his job oh, is. He does, he does a lot for us. He's a real integral part of the team. You have um, no clue what Phil does, do you? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. actually know what Phil does. Brad, do you uh, know what Phil does? I don't actually know what Phil does either, though, now that we talk about it. No, we actually don't know what Phil does at all. Phil, you're going to have to tell us what you do around here. <laughs> He's going to have to fill us in on what well, he whatever, does here. But whatever you're, you're doing, Phil, keep it up. It's it's pretty good. And yeah, it, great actually, work. Actually, it yeah. doesn't sound that good. He's just taking out with Brian at the water cooler all day. Hey, someone's got to do it, Brad. Otherwise, we're just hanging out with BBD by the water cooler all day. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's yeah, true. If yeah. Phil doesn't hang out of the water cooler with me, then you guys have to listen to what I'm saying. Now, so. Exactly. That does a good, great job, but is <laughs> underappreciated is Wapa as my personal barista. Now, uh, Wapa has has said that they might be interested in, you know, a, a change of job since I have been cheating on their suggestions with coffee. They make me all this coffee, and I still just go buy Starbucks. Um, wow. Ugh. Yeah, I am. A, I am a bad person. Uh, I'll admit it. First yeah. steps admitting. First steps admitting. All right. Next up, we got <laughs> Max, and that is uh, Corey's linguistic coach. And you know what? Haven't really needed a lot of help from Max. I'm actually pretty good at uh, cooking linguine noodles, so <laughs> I haven't needed any coaching on that uh, topic at all. But got him in our back pocket just in case I'm uh, ready to up my noodle game. I gotta say, Corey, you nailed that entire thing perfectly. Yeah. Max uh -huh. has been doing a wonderful job. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. I just Googled uh, linguistic. I see. These these drills he's been putting me through are making a lot of sense now. See, and I just Googled Corey and weird whoa, results. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, <laughs> Keep that so, to yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> we have uh, Adham. Adham is our ghost writer. Uh, so actually, Adham wrote everything that we said in this episode to the point where he actually wrote our experiences working at Watsi. Yes, and it's uh, to blame if, if we said anything over the line, Wizards. Yeah, he's yeah. to blame if we said anything that we weren't allowed to say. Also, he's to blame if Modern Horizons 2 sucks. Yeah, and, so. and, and if you if you need your legal team to get over to him, we do have uh, personal information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But he's just the ghost writer. You were still the ones doing the game designing. So your story has holes here, Brian. Oh, Adham's failing then because he wrote that description of his own job. And yeah. he just wrote that question that I just asked you, so... And he just wrote that David Watt is the special <laughs> guest screener. <laughs> Sounds like he wrote a real great position there. Yeah, it's, David Watt did all right this time around. I, I, I will say that you have been a wonderful special guest this week. Thank you, Bradley. I appreciate that. Because we actually brought you on to talk about something that no one else could talk about. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, you, you, it's really, like, they always say, be the best. And it's really easy to be the best if you're the only. So. <laughs> That's why Day 9 is crushing these arena modern events so far. <laughs> the mobile modern events, yeah. Yeah, some cards. All right, next up, we got Gino Batista. And this is our special guest, but doesn't have time to make it on the show. And uh, the reason we got this week, uh, it's an unfortunate uh, event why they couldn't join. It's a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend's wedding. So a really distant wedding, but just, you know, could not make it around to uh, uh, being on the being on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's sad because uh, Gino, you know, said they they really wanted to be on the show, but uh, yeah, the the person that they don't even know's wedding was just too important. Yeah, but I mean, their fourth friend was a pretty good friend, so you know, what can you do? Yeah, it is sad. Uh, but yeah, so it was Kevin Bacon's wedding. That's what I'm understanding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Bre- or Brian, we respect Gino's privacy here. We I'm don't sorry. release actual details. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, we got Patrick, who is our office party coordinator. Because, nice. Because we, you know, um, because if if you if you uh, um, listen to some politicians, um, we can have parties again. Right. Oh, cool. Only with rogues, wizards, um, <laughs> warriors. They they have to ha- be a specific job, yeah, and clerics to heal people from the lack of social distancing. You need a cleric, yeah. What about yeah, re- stabby dwarves? Because that's that's really the only person I know in a in a raiding party. <laughs> you know, I'm really sad party. that I'm really sad that Bard didn't make the cut into the party. Yeah, class thing. Finally, well, that, that, was, that was the trade-off, right? Air Force Knight's like, fine, you can have your fetch lens, but you can't have bards in the set. And I'm like, I'll take that sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You can have, he said specifically, you can have only enemy fetch lands, never allied ones, but yeah. 
I don't know if I can trust any of your guys' actual experiences at Wizards. I don't even know. Just if it so happened. you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, Adam did write it all. So Sam okay, Prudhomme <laughs> is our BBP personal fitness trainer, and Sam uh, Sam has given us some uh, regimens to follow that we don't, uh, but is doing his job. So can't say he's not doing his job. His job is not something that we use, but. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very, very actually great. Very motivational. <laughs> very, very, very on top of things. And uh, we couldn't care less. Right. All right. Love it. Not very active. Yep. Next up, we've got Jer. Medi. Mm. Whatever. No, it's, Sim- it's symbol. Jer symbol. Jer Majeldi. It sounds weird trying to actually pronounce it correct. Uh, but Jer is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. A very important job around here from a very important show that shouldn't be made fun of because little kids do not know what the fuck they're talking about. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Brad, hey, if you're having trouble pronouncing things, I have a linguistic coach that can really help you out. So. I would actually love to, 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 to take Max's Max up on this because I I seriously do want to know how Jer is pronounced. And yes, the, his wife did respond back and said it was perfect last week. But yeah. why can't I speak to Jer myself to get this? This is a sick game and I'm sick of playing it. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad, obvious because he's the assistant to an assistant regional manager. He's very busy. He's That's actually told he's actually told us like ten times what his name is. Yeah, but the re- he just, he set it up the grapevines through the regional manager, yeah. and then it's yeah. just been on the regional manager's desk for like months now. Yeah, so. and honestly, it was uh, Keith Trojanowski's fault as well. He is the unpaid intern of the BBP yeah. and was in charge of getting that message to us. But since he's not paid, he didn't give a fuck to tell us. Just so, sat around yeah. the water cooler. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right. We got uh, Filippos Galanis, the Aspros podcast liaison. <laughs> uh, very important role. Um, kind of gets... I don't know, he's kind of the butt end of some jokes in the office, but a little bit, yeah. Uh, but you know, I gotta say I don't approve of that because he's been doing a great job uh connecting the two podcasts. Um connecting the mass ass, actually, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it was almost get there. Oh god, bro. It was, no. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so no, no. <laughs> it's almost like they did a human caterpillar. You know, or yeah, human centipede, centipede. to connect them. resident personal <laughs> massage. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> okay, well, time goal usually goes a little faster over BBD's back. Uh, anyways, Paul Kakarowski is uh, BBD's wall-staring photographer. And after Brian gets a massage uh, from his resident personal massage therapist, he then needs to, of course, get some pictures okay, taken look, of him. Look, I don't give yeah. a shit what Paul's job is. I didn't hear uh, a can of soda, and I'm pretty pissed about it. Uh, so I actually cracked my last can mid-cast. Um, well, where's the other two? I didn't have a new one to crack for Paul. Um, wow. And I, I, I did it knowingly. I did it knowing that I would fail here. Um, okay. But I do have a story to tell about wall staring. Very brief. Okay. Uh, there's a dungeon in the game World of Warcraft oh, that, I, that I occasionally mm-hmm. play. It's called the Stockades. And it is a bunch of prisoners who have broken out of their prison. And you have to go in there and, to put it bluntly, kill literally all of them. Okay. Um, 
And there's just one prisoner when you first enter the dungeon, like he's out of his cell and all he's doing is he's just facing a wall. <laughs> he's just fucking staring at a wall outside of his prison cell. He's not trying to escape. He's not. He's just staring at a wall. That's yes. just my favorite prisoner. And I, 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 I resonate with that energy so much. So <laughs> wow. wanted to wanted to say that. But that's all I got. All right. right. Well, if you get to tell that story. So Gruesome Menagerie, we were in, I think it was California. <laughs> no, and, card. Uh, and Gruesome Encore is the card. All right. So okay, next thank up, you for got, reminding me. All right. We got we got a lore roar. Uh, so lore roar, we actually uh, promoted to CEO last week, but He's made some unpopular decisions. Number one, wants to give a raise to all unpaid interns. Even though um, it's zero, right? Just wants to double their pay. That's what right. they said. But we yeah. don't even want to give that encouragement. No, I don't, no, want to, I don't no. even want to. I mean, I, yeah, I'm still on board with Keith getting no money, but I don't want him to get like a higher amount of nothing, you know? Yeah. Want to get like the lowest amount of nothing. So yeah. not really yeah. on board with that. Also, doesn't want us to fire Corey. That's good. That's good. I can be on board with that. Okay. One person can be on board. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I'm not going to get rid of Lorwer yet, but a couple of unpopular choices off the bat. No. Who does want to get rid of Corey, though? But wait, one second, though. Uh, Speaking of, you know, our unpaid intern, I wanted to bring this up with you guys. I, I was thinking we should have a meeting to deduct his privileges as well. You know, what, the, of course, what the water cooler that doesn't exist, the the warm water cooler. Yeah, we want to take that from him. Uh, you know, not not too much great work lately. So, you know, I want to have a meeting with you guys in private. But... Fabulous work. OK, oh, he right. does the best work of any of us. Okay. He, gets, he right. gets nothing for it, though. But okay, I'll, if I'm the only one, I'll back off. I'll back. Yeah. Off. Well, somebody that might not be backing off is Jason Florin, who is Corey's arch nemesis. Mm. Uh, we don't because because Jason's an arch nemesis. We uh, have not gotten the evil plan yet, but I'm assuming it'll be very long mm. and drawn out once we do. Yes. Uh, but we Jason Florent. Uh, every time something bad happens in my life, it's because of Jason Florent. <laughs> No, that would make you arch nemesis. You're supposed to live your, like, he's brooding about you. Yeah, but, I mean, his hatred for me has now led to hatred for him. So now we're mutual arch nemesis. Can I have a job on this cast? Oh! 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 And we're back to arching, or (laughs) arching there. Never mind. Uh, All right, oh! Next up, we got Spoon Tongue, and Spoon Tongue is BBD's bear, body hair stylist. Max, and Max let me, this linguistic shit, it's, it's got to stop. Hey, it can't make it till the end of the episode. And I mean, we talked about some scary shit in this cast of crew, but nothing as scary as what Spoon Tongue sees on a daily basis. So True that. All right. Eric Nall, our overseas trash bros representative, uh, fighting the good fight. Yeah, we we don't see lobbying. any of it. We got into yeah. lobbying. We're an international company now. 
That's right. Mm. We don't see any of the fight that Eric's fighting, but we hear it's the good fight. We and... also don't want to know anything about said fights. No, we don't. No, 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 no we no, do no. not. No, That's yes. right. Yes. We learned enough about the fights of on, on the streets of Bangkok to be incriminated with that. We don't need more stuff on our shoulders. What are you, what are yeah. you speaking of, Corey? I have no idea what you I cannot confirm. Oh, no oh, denying sorry. what you're saying. I thought we I thought we cut the episode already. We're still live? Yes, we're yeah. still live. Oh, okay. I've, I've um, already learned mm. I've already learned uh, enough about domestic trash law i do not need to study up on international trash law I'll i know that. that was my least favorite class in high school oh yeah. god yeah all right but but <laughs> uh that'll do it for our episode thanks again for mtg melee bcw supplies and all of our patrons out there I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Again, if you would want to become a supporter, do so at patreon.com slash podcast and look out for our weekly mini sods. But that is going to do it for this week. We'll see you next week when we are going to be discussing uh, a little bit of historic because of the Mythic Invitational. So we've, oh. we've got four days to practice, BBD. Let's get our shit together. <laughs> get all of our shit, put it in a bag. And send it overseas. And send it overseas. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye.